Hey, it's Reasonable Faith with Dr. William Lane Craig. I'm Kevin Harris. I don't know if you've had a chance to go to an apologetics conference, but they can be very informative and a lot of fun. As we're going to hear today as we continue this series of a panel discussion with Dr. Craig as he joined Mike Lacona, Mark Middleberg, and Leighton Flowers at an apologetics conference where attendees ask some questions. Here we go. This question is directed at Dr. Craig. Actually glad that you explained subjective conditionals because my question is about Molinism. The only uh, proof verse that I'm familiar for that conditional is Genesis 18. Um, Abraham asking God if there's a righteous person in the city, if, if you will spare it. And God's response is, God's response is that depending, how do I question my question? Um, God answers uh, knowing what he will do, but I'm not familiar with other verses where he knows what other people will do given their free will. So are there other proof verses for um, God knowing what other people would do given a different situation? Um, one of the most famous passages is in, I can't give you the exact citation, I think it's Second Samuel. Um, it's the story of David who is holed up in the city of Kila, and he's being pursued by Saul. And David gets a divining device called an ephod and asks the ephod, um, if I stay at Kila, will Saul come down and attack the city? And the ephod says, yes, Saul will come down. And then David asks the ephod, if Saul comes down and attacks the city, will the men of Kila turn me over to Saul? And the divining device says, yes, they will turn you over. Whereupon David flees Kila with his men. And as a result, Saul does not come down. And therefore the men of Kila don't turn David over to Saul. So what the ephod was giving David was not knowledge of the future. Saul didn't come down. They didn't turn him over. It was giving him knowledge of these subjunctive conditionals. If you were to remain in Kila, Saul would come down. And if Saul were to come down, the men of Kila would deliver you over to him. And knowing those truths, then David flees the situation so that none of it comes to pass. That's a great example in Scripture of this kind of divine knowledge of these subjunctive conditionals. Okay, I have another question to you. Um, I've noticed that you've given a, an answer that kind of contradicts what John Lennox says, given uh, if Jesus' bones were to be discovered, and uh, Lawrence Krauss asked John Lennox what it would take for him to disbelieve or not believe in Christianity, and um, Lennox responded with, if they found Jesus's bones. But I've heard you say in a video that based on uh, the shifting sands of evidence and the self-authenticating experience that you would still believe. But I feel like that's also the same case that a Muslim can make. So how can Christians make their argument better than that of a Muslim to an atheist? Wow, you really opened a huge uh, can of worms here. Um, <laughs> I told you those last place, questions are always dangerous. The, the, the question that you've posed is, a, is usually a gotcha question that's intended to embarrass rather than to ask a real point. They want to get you to admit 
that you would still believe in the resurrection of Jesus even if they found the bones of Jesus and found his, his remains. And haha, look at how irrational he is. This is nothing but a gotcha question. But the people who pose these gotcha questions are usually so inept that they misstate the question so that you can easily elude it. And what you're thinking of is one such answer that I gave where they did not ask correctly, if they found the bones of Jesus, would you still believe in the resurrection? Instead, they say something like, if archaeologists were to find some bones and they thought that these were the bones of Jesus, would you still believe in the resurrection? I said, yes, I would sooner believe in the resurrection than that they had correctly identified the bones. But of course, if they were the bones of Jesus, it would follow then that Jesus is not risen from the dead. That's, that's trivial, that's tautologous. Um, so that's absolutely correct. The, the, the question would be, um, would we ever be justified in thinking that we have discovered the bones of Jesus? And I think that's highly, highly improbable that one would ever be in such a situation. Now, how does this make you any different than the Muslim or the Mormon who has a mystical burning in the bosom or something of that sort? I don't think that those folks are irrational in appealing to such experience. I think that you are perfectly justified in accepting your religious experience as a properly basic belief unless and until you have some kind of a defeater for thinking that that experience is delusory. And I think in the case of Mormonism and Islam, there are such defeaters. There are very good defeaters for thinking that Islam is not true and that Mormonism is a hoax. But I don't think that there are comparable defeaters for Christianity. And so I think that I am perfectly justified in believing in uh, Christianity on the basis of the inner witness of the Holy Spirit in a properly basic way um, in the absence of any defeater of that experience. And that is different from the case of the Muslim or the Mormon. Okay. Um, does Mike have anything to say about that? Bill said it. <laughs> I believe it. That settles it. Okay. I guess me too. So Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.